once I heard no takeaway, I was like, right, there's no point in doing, like I, at that point, my brain, which is normally like high gear, overthinking, hyperanalyzing, was just like, bah, bow, there is nothing we can do this lockdown. Although short means that we literally just have to pack up and get out. Today on Dirty Linen, we are heading back to Adelaide, which is just entered its sixth day, fingers crossed, lockdown. We're talking to Daisy Miller, who's one of the owners of Soy 38 uh, in the city of Adelaide. Daisy, welcome to Dirty Linen. Hi, Danny. Thanks for having me. When we were lining up this chat a couple of days ago, we were juggling it around like school pickup times and um, uh, we just could not have imagined that when we actually spoke there would be no school because your city is now in lockdown. Absolutely. It was, um, yeah, I mean the school thing above everything probably, I mean takeaway in schools um, took me aback. It's, um, it's definitely harsher than any of us were anticipating. Yeah, and it happened so quickly, which I guess, you know, is good. I mean, that's the idea, isn't it, to act swiftly and to hopefully just, um, yeah, smash it. And it was fantastic to hear that there are no new cases today. Um, but, yeah, talk talk me through how this week's been for you. Um, so I guess we started getting a little bit nervous on Sunday as the news started coming around this this cluster um, and the idea that it had escaped Medi Hotel and at that point we didn't know um, how long it had been in the community for. Um, so it was all feeling a little bit um, worrying. Um, I guess this time though, although we were sort of concerned about what that would mean for hospitality, we have done it all before. So it was that sort of strange like concern but familiarity and a knowledge that we got through it last time. So there was a certain level of optimism this time round um, that it was all going to like change but we were going to manage it. Um, and I guess also like we'd, we'd watched obviously what happened in, in Melbourne, but we'd also been watching, you know, Sydney and Queensland and there were like these little breakouts, but nothing really changed. Um, everyone was just a bit more on alert, but sort of life went on. And so I guess this sitting here today <laughs> is, is not where I pictured we would be on Sunday, despite the worry. So, okay. So you, you noticed it, you thought about it. Um, you're still feeling pretty much okay. How did the how did the week start to play out? Um, so I guess Monday morning we had a we're, we're closed Monday, so we don't have any service on Mondays at all. Um, since the first lockdown, we've kept that day free, and we just have a sort of admin day. So um, we sat down, sort of the the restaurant manager, myself, and my husband sat down and talked about what we could do. So if they reduced our dining room down to two square meter. Um, oh, sorry, four square metre. No, two square metre. It's, it's all backwards to me at the moment. Um, spacing, basically the minimal. We were only going to be able to have 12 people in our dining room. At the start of the pandemic, we made the decision that it wasn't worth having the dining room open because, you know, that's sort of pre-JobKeeper and, you know, having enough staff on to look after 12 people and man the phones for takeaway and the kind of public health risk at that point when we didn't really know what we were dealing with. We made the decision last time to close before the lockdown because we were in the position where people think of Thai food when they think of takeaway. So we knew we would kind of be able to roll with it for a little while. Um, so this time we we had that that sort of planning. What what will we do? We'll 
bring back, if, if there's limits on our dining room, we'll bring back the recipe boxes we did before. Um, we'll do some sort of refrigerated food delivery again. We'll do takeaway. Um, you know, we had these these things we could sort of, you know, excuse the tired term that we could pivot back to. Um, so we, Yes, absolutely. So, you know, like I felt quite confident. Then Monday afternoon they brought back in the um, the reduction. So we had that 12 seat thing and we decided that look we had we we are lucky enough to still have our staff on on job keeper um so let's use them let's keep the dining room open um we we rang i think when i was speaking to you i was uh last we were ringing bookings i think we had about sort of 100 bookings that we needed to shift over the two weeks either to six o'clock or eight o'clock go back to two sittings um you know make sure we only had 12 people in the room at once um, called Adelaide City Council, got an extension of our outdoor dining licence so we could get eight people outside instead of four, um, you know, push through and then we we were already getting the um, the recipe boxes back up and running. Um, and then obviously wow. <laughs> none of that is allowed. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, it just happened so quickly. So, I mean, yeah, there's so much I want to ask you. I suppose one thing is the difference between that planning and the planning that you did last time? I mean, you said, you know, you you, you knew you'd, you'd done it before, you sort of knew that, but was there a kind of, was there a bit of a sinking feeling to think, oh, my God, we've got to get all those containers and those boxes sorted again, or was it just like, nah, we're good, we, you know, this is just how it has to be? Yeah, I think it was, yeah, it was It was more the latter. We, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pretty optimistic person. Um, my husband, on the other hand, super pessimistic, so we keep each other quite balanced. Um, I, I felt like, you know, it will keep us busy, you know, even though like we had such a good time. I mean, last time we were, you know, I had my front of house staff, um, you know, packing boxes. And so we were all able to, you know, at social distance, we did keep ourselves quite separate. And I was very strict and quite, um, anal actually about only entering one door, washing your hands, sanitizing your hands, coming in, you know, leaving through the other door. So we had it, it was safe, but you know, Lady Gaga dropped Chromatica. We were having a bit of a sing-along, you know, it was, it was fun. I was sort of looking forward to, um, the nice parts of lockdown one, um, I guess. That's so funny to hear you talk about that because I remember the energy of the first lockdown here and it, it was that, it was, a, I mean, it was very destabilising. It was, it was distressing in lots of ways, but there was that energy that people could put into it and there was that bit of the novelty uh, and, yeah, I mean, it was there was fun it was there was some of it there was it was different it was fun and you could sort of you sort of felt like we were all getting on top of it and you were going to come out the other side but I think like this I've forgotten that lockdown could be like that because our second lockdown was such a such a grind you know like there wasn't that energy and um and yeah it just got it got hard and it was long and uh but yeah now talking to you I remember what it was like in March and April it was a very different vibe um okay so you thought that you're sort of going back into that space and maybe Lady Gaga might drop something else and that could be your new 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 tune uh but I mean Kylie's album's just dropped I don't want to you know reveal too much about my musical taste but it's not a bad time for music 20 it's true it's been some really good stuff uh but anyway none of that was to be because the news um from premier marshall was quite different so how did that uh, where were you when you heard that and how did it hit you um so we were sitting staring at my laptop at the bar at work um we so um my brother is my other business partner he's a front of house manager and my husband so it's all we're all quite 
um, obviously close. I mean, working in hospitality always are close, but we've got that extra level of we're family. Um, and we had got a text that the press conference was meant to be at about 11.30 and we got a text from like a friend of a friend like, oh, my God, I'm sure this is the same story around Australia. Like I've got a friend of a friend who works for SA Health and they say that at this time this is going to be the announcement. Um, and so we got that text and the text was that it was going to be a mask mandate. That's what was coming. And so uh, my brother and I decided, and the press conference had been delayed. That was the other thing. And that's never a good sign. One, in South Australia, the bad news tended to come on Wednesday and the directives tended to come like for the upcoming changes tended to happen on a Wednesday for a Friday change. That just seemed to be the way it happened. So it's a bit like watching Dan Andrews come out in his North Face jacket or not. Like that was a sign that something wasn't quite right. Um, so we walked up the road, my brother and I walked up the road to get some reusable face masks for our staff just because they were all stuck, you know, basically around um, the city for different, you know, like it's uni exams are finishing at the moment and, you know, they were all stuck. So we thought we'll go in and get some masks. We got some disposable masks. Um, you know, my brother and I rang our mum and asked her if she needed us to do any shopping. Um, she wanted, I think, nectarins and two litres of milk. So it was pretty simple. Um, definitely not panic buying. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, we... <laughs> We sat down at the computer and watched um, the the news conference happen and I think once I heard no takeaway, I was like, right, there's no point in doing – like I, at that point my brain, which is normally like high gear, overthinking, hyperanalyzing, was just like, bah, bow, there is nothing we can do. This lockdown, although short, means that we literally just have to pack up and get out. Uh, the next thing I thought was, I'm going to have the kids at home. It's 36 degrees tomorrow. So the panic buying we did was to drive to Clark Rubber to buy a uh, swimming pool, basically. <laughs> and that was our plan. <laughs> wow. And um, did you trade yeah. um, on Wednesday night? We decided not to. Um, funnily enough, I did have a phone call from one of our bookings. We left them a voicemail saying we were choosing not to trade and she was quite irate um, and saying, oh. like, the lockdown doesn't happen till 12, you know, you're costing my me my last night of freedom. So, you know, you just have to kind of – people obviously react quite differently and she was reacting like an asshole. So um, <laughs> we – yeah, it was a funny <laughs> – everyone else was pretty cool about it. But, yeah, she was obviously really looking forward to a green curry. Um, yeah. And, well. yeah. It's a good. It's a good green curry. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> so, what about? I mean, you obviously would have had a lot of stock to deal with. I mean, what was what were the sort of practical implications of closing so quickly? Yeah, I mean, um, for me, it was like, you know, clarity for my staff, um, especially some of whom live in the areas where there is like a high number of um, people having to self-quarantine. So some of my um, staff are from Mawson Lake. So my kitchen team, I had four of them out of action anyway, um, because we just chose to take a really high risk approach and, and ask them not to come in for, for service that night. Um, so I didn't want to push that for a start. They didn't, they hadn't had any contact with any people but they were just like in the general zone and we just chose to be hyper cautious um we froze what we could we've actually just come off the back of um lucky dumpling market uh, as part of Asia festival so we had a stall there um and in a very un Thai restaurant sort of way we were selling hot chips so I had three empty um chest freezers so the meat's gone in there um how it looks on the other side of lockdown 
is a question because you you know you can't just throw a freezer full of stuff and hope that it freezes you know um, all at the same time and in a in a short period of time. So we'll see. Um, the fresh produce we gave a lot to our staff to make sure they didn't have to line up at all of the crazy supermarket crushes. I don't know if you've seen the footage, but it was just madness um, for six days. It's it's crazy. Um, funnily enough, our restaurant is directly across the road from a supermarket, and within the space of about an hour, it went from being empty to having a literal line out the door. Um, it was wild. So, yeah, we gave a lot of produce um, to the staff and then quite a lot of the herbs and spices and those sorts of things. We make our curry pastes from scratch in-house. So there was just like the three staff that were in the kitchen were just making curry paste because it's much easier to store. Um, it's not going to go off. Um, yeah, that's... Wow. It, you really moved into practical action mode quickly didn't you I mean I suppose you had to but it sounds like you know you, you said your brain went but bow but it sounds like it recharged pretty quickly and worked out some some strategies yeah yeah it did yeah I'll give myself some credit no it was um definitely a team effort I'm I've got amazing staff like I had um I had all of my team ring and offer to to come in and help us like we packed all of the wine upstairs because our our building is effectively a fishbowl it's all glass um, and it's right in the centre of the CBD, so we have to move sort of stuff out of out of view and out of fridges and all of that kind of jazz. Um, so no, I had I had a lot of support to allow me not to completely shut down. Um, yeah, it's it was a weird, really weird day. And how do you feel today? Um, a bit like it's an extended. It felt you know it feels a bit like Christmas but not in like a joyful oh great you know I'm gonna see the family way but just in that weird time between Christmas and New Year where you can't do anything because everything's closed you don't really want to see anybody because you're over it and you're really tired you know like that's it's just this weird plus it's really hot today so it's got that kind of weird slow hot Christmas feel about it um but I can't think I can't even switch myself back into gear to plan the way out because the way out is so uncertain. Like, is it six days? Is it 14 days? When we reopen in 14 days or six days, do we get to do takeaway? Do we get to have people outside? Is it going to look like last time? It's all so... And also I have no confidence in how it will reopen because last time the reopen, they were like, here's a roadmap. We're working to the roadmap. Here are the important dates to work towards. And then towards the end of it, they were just like, ah, fuck it, just open on Friday. And it was like 48 hours to get our shit together. We had customers calling. They were confused about whether we could open and whether they could be inside or where they're going to be outside. And it was just... I had to bring back one of my staff just to answer the phone and explain to people why we weren't opening on the date the government had said and the fact that we were still pretty much painting our dining room. And so I've got, I, I think I can't think about the reopening because it was so chaotic last time reopening was so unclear, um, which again, like you, people in Melbourne are so familiar with that story. Sure. It's, um, I mean, it just, that sounds wise. It's like, yeah, you, when you don't actually know how to act, then you might as well not act and uh, just, yeah, wait and see. Uh, it, six days is a funny length of a lockdown. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they have advice, I'm sure they're following advice, but it does seem, yeah, it, you, I don't know 
yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not an epidemiologist or a, or a health modeler, but it's, but yeah. it's just a number. It's a number we haven't heard before, right? Throughout all of this, it was like, I remember being at this meeting at the very March, um, and we were at Lee Street Wine Room and Sally Sassy had organised um, the Premier to come and a whole lot of hospitality people to be there. And all we were asking for as a group was like, please lock us down. And when and Marshall kind of pushed back and he's like, well, if it's better for you to be locked down, this is our Premier, if it's better for you to be locked down, then lock yourselves down. And our argument was, no, 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 we need clarity. We don't want to upset our guests. We, we want to give our suppliers a, a you know clear footing. We want to give our creditors an understanding of why we've made this decision with outstanding invoices. We need to negotiate with our landlords. Like we were asking for a lockdown, but it was it was about asking for clarity more than anything. This time it's like they've taken none of that on. Like this isn't clear either and it's, you know, at that point we thought it was going to be 14 days shut down and Marshall said to us at the time, well, it's going to be longer than 14 days, It'll, you know, because of the epidemiology of it. And so now a six-day lockdown just feels like, well, either make us do it or don't, but I don't, know. I don't mean to be a petulant brat about it, but it just is a confusing period. It's, it's Six days is a blip um, in some ways and, like, really damaging in others. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's like five weeks till Christmas. It feels like however you, let's say you do climb out of it in a week, then it doesn't it, it doesn't seem like it'll be just, it'll be like, well, as you were, there will be restrictions. It will be a progression, won't it? So that whole period that I'm sure in Adelaide it felt pretty, yeah, it felt pretty normal, right? Like you didn't... Um, things just were just felt it just felt like normal life was um proceeding yeah it was really interesting on monday morning uh well actually i should say on on last thursday i walked to the bank so straight down rundle mall like really really through the heart of the city and like the one or two people wearing masks people were you could watch them being watched it was so unusual to see um interesting and then by my yeah, I know sorry say that to somebody in Melbourne where it's like you know been you know months of this sort of thing but then on Monday morning so after the news on Sunday you sort of there was like maybe five or six people per kind of group of 100 but this, the mall was still busy and then by Tuesday Wednesday afternoon there was half the population easily wearing masks. like it happened so quickly that the population dropped and people actually started to pay attention. It was, we've all been walking around as if this is not a thing for far too long that people, I mean, I think maybe that's why I'm reacting a bit like, what do you mean six days? Like it's it's a really, really fast acceleration from what genuinely felt normal back to the start of the year. Um yeah, sorry, that wasn't very clear thinking, but that's what happened this week. <laughs> no, it's it is it's really it's really clear, and I suppose you know the <laughs> I start mapping on what you're saying to Melbourne and the way that Melbourne feels now, which is I don't know, like uh, obviously everyone was super keen to gear the city back up again, and it does feel really optimistic, and it's lovely to see the city coming back to life. But I haven't really trusted it. Um, I, I love seeing our zero days and, you know, it, it's it's incredible. Like it just feels like an, an amazing achievement that, you know, we've, we've, we've made together. Especially from the point you were at. From the point yeah. we were at, absolutely. Um, but I just feel like 
if we can take anything from what you're going through, it is it is that caution and and reminder that it's things can turn around or take off again so quickly and the door can just be slammed shut again and I I don't you don't want to live in that fear but I suppose you want to take as many actions as you can to um to reduce the possibility of that happening and I think it's it's tricky because you know nobody feels like they've got well nobody has total control over the situation everybody can only do their bit and I suppose there is so much trust that you have to put into all the various systems that are in place but um yeah uh it's uh so yeah I'm not really going anywhere with with this thought either except to say that uh it's a (laughs) wake-up call it really is it is yeah yeah um and I think that's the other thing Danny honestly like what what you're saying about not really trusting it like I think you guys are on 20 days of double donuts now to use the the term um yeah and and it's interesting to think that that still is there that nearly three weeks later because it that that's what I've been watching and that's I've been talking to to friends in hospitality in in Melbourne particularly um firstly I have to say the amount of love that has been sent in the last 24 hours from everybody in Melbourne to us here in Adelaide is so lovely um because I think you know for a minute there Victorians were the the butt of some pretty horrible memes at a pretty traumatic time and not a lot of understanding about how bloody harsh it was so it's very kind of you all I have to say firstly um but (laughs) it's very genuine we don't we I mean gosh you know we love our friends in South Australia and I think I think you know I suppose as Victorians you'd think well we would love people to learn lessons from what we've been through and not to go there um, themselves so yeah all all love showered in your general direction Daisy but yes I, I oh, interrupted please continue <laughs> no no that's all right no I was going to say but like that caution after this second time is what's making me like think about how we will gear back up again at the end of this time lockdown wave I don't want to call it wave there's like 35 cases in the state but but you know it could be I don't I don't want to be um sort of dismissive of it but yeah it's it's making me wonder what impact it will have on people um especially because I think one of the one of the outbreaks or not well I mean there's one one outbreak there's one cluster um one of the people at the heart of this cluster was a worker from a medi hotel who was working in food service and um I think the idea that people are conscious of you know like obviously chefs touch food and it's carried on plates by people to your table but that kind of reminder about how close we all are and we all exist being associated with the hospitality industry is making me a little bit edgy. Like it's making me nervous that I don't want people to think of us as unclean. Do you know what I mean? Like there's that, just that little thing, like one, just the general population being nervous about coming out and the impact that that may have on the industry. And then the other part is the sort of association of what eating out or what takeaway is is risky somehow. Mm. Um, That's, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just think life in a pandemic is risky. And, I I mean, there are things about restaurants that make them, it's not so, I don't think it's so much touching the food and carrying the food. It's, it's, 
being it's sharing the air so I think that's why we've got such a we've got such a focus on outdoor dining here because it's it's like you know whether you're sitting in a lounge room in somebody's home or you're sitting in a restaurant where there's where there's not much ventilation and you're talking and you're laughing and you're you're singing and you're reaching across the table like I think that's where um rooms really (laughs) rooms with people in them uh, that aren't well ventilated uh, are really great sites of transmission. Uh, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think there's, it's the, it, I think people become generally cautious about doing any normal things when they know that there's community transmission, don't they? I mean, it's just as you said about, you know, there are fewer people walking down Rundle Street Mall. Um, so I think the way to uh, reinstate that confidence is to, basically eliminate community transmission so we we saw in victoria you know there was a uh i mean I, I mentioned it in my chat with adam liston today but this cafe in kilmore that was um one of the uh there was you know there was an outbreak that went to country victoria and there's, there was a cafe in kilmore that was a site of transmission and the way that they dealt with it was so exemplary that I feel like it actually showed hospitality in a really good light as um, businesses that could be incredibly responsible and I reckon like actually heroic in the way that they stepped up to stand side by side with the health authorities to contain the outbreak. So maybe it depends on, you know, I don't know. I think it can be, you could see it in different ways. But I think people love hospitality so much and it's such a special place for people. So They love it so much that they get really mad when you take away their green curry on the eve of lockdown. <laughs> I tell you what, yes. No, it's been, I mean, and the other thing like that, people have seemed to be enjoying themselves more. You know, there's always that kind of, yeah, like, you know, every now and again you'll have a table in a restaurant where, you can tell they're catching up because they feel obligated to each other. Like, I don't want to be harsh, but no, people catch up because it's like, oh yeah, we should catch up, and you know, they're they're not they're not out because they they really want to be out or they really appreciate what they're doing. And I I think because you know our capacities have all been changed and getting bookings are more difficult, and a lot of places have got these mandatory feed me menus. Again, I'm sure it's the same in Victoria. Um, because of that, people are making like thoughtful decisions about where they eat and who they're catching up with. And so the vibe in the dining room recently has been so lovely. You know, people are so grateful that, you know, we're open and we're here and they can, you know, it's, it's just been such a different vibe. So yes, even though she was quite cross uh, on the phone with me yesterday, I, I, I get it. You know, she'd probably had it planned for weeks and she's not angry at me. She's angry at the situation, but, um, but, but mostly people have been really good. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I I think I felt that in Melbourne as well. I mean, I had a book club dinner in a pub a couple of nights ago and a a palmer in a pub was one of the things that I was really looking forward to. And um, we all enjoyed it so much and so far, beyond really what the experience was like it just meant so <laughs> yeah. much to all of us yeah. we've all been emailing about how amazing it was <laughs> um so yeah I, I really that. understand what you're saying and I think yeah. yeah you'll probably have that uh you know amplified even 
a little bit when um when people are back in your restaurant and um yeah appreciate appreciating it even more because they know that it can be taken away without much warning at all I hope so I hope so it's um yeah well I'm I will try and stay positive about the future but it's yeah you know it comes in waves and again I'm sure it's familiar to many people but like you know Yes, I, you know, like yesterday morning before the announcement, I said, I got to work and I said to my brother, I was like, I know I was really energetic yesterday when we were planning, but I feel really flat today and I feel really worn out and I feel like I can't be bothered with this again. And then as soon as we got the text about the masks, it was like, right, all action stations, let's go to the shops. And then the announcement, like better get a pool and then let's pack up the restaurant. So like it is waves. And then, yeah, like sometimes I think about reopening, I think about how fun it's going to be and how good it'll all be to be together again. And then I'll go, what if people think hospitality is unsafe? And it's like, it's a weird um, sort of pendulum of emotions. And it's only, and it's also only six days. So I keep catching myself and going, oh, shut up. Like, it'll be fine. (laughs) Even though it might not be six days, it might be 14 days, but even that just feels like 14 days in the scheme of things. Yeah, but I can totally see how your mind just keeps going with those thoughts and back around and don't feel like this, feel like that. And that never really works. (laughs) So, um, Daisy. It's not exactly mindfulness. (laughs) Totally, but, yeah, I don't know. You need need a real, um, a very great skill at mindfulness to be mindful all the way through these things. Um, So I have got to ask you the important question, which is have you been in the pool yet? No, I haven't. The children have. Um, which, you know, to be honest is, um, probably fine, (laughs) but I'm about (laughs) to get out there because it is so hot. Oh my Lord. It's, um, it's creeping up. Yeah. Right. Well, enjoy the splash, um, and cooling off and yeah, I hope it, I hope I won't even say I hope it's six days, but I just hope the situation gets sorted in as timely manner as possible and Adelaide can get back out there and, um, yeah, be amazing again. I know that everybody in Victoria certainly hopes that that is the case. Um, Yeah, we really do feel for you and uh, we will be extra safe in restaurants, won't we, everybody, and we uh, so that, um, yeah, we can give Melbourne and Victoria the best chance of... um, keeping those donuts rolling uh thank you so much daisy for coming along and having a chat today really really grateful for your time my total pleasure it's been fun thank you so much danny i appreciate it this is dirty linen and i'm danny valent we air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about we spend a week thrashing around each issue hearing from different people with unique perspectives We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This is a Deep in the Weeds.